0: Hello, and welcome to the Indigo Magic Podcast. Today is Friday, it's Good Friday. If you remember from my Monday episode, I talked about that I was going to do an episode on Easter magic and what that looks like um, and how you can incorporate magic into your Easter celebrations. And then yesterday, I felt led in a very different direction. This is Holy Week, and for me, at least, um, it's always been a very celebratory weekend, especially. It's been very family-involved, it's been very um, focused on this joy that is coming on Easter, and this, this excitement of like what this story means, and what it means for our salvation. And I was very excited to talk about the magic of it all the miraculous and everything that happened throughout the entirety of Holy Week and how we can shape a practice to mimic that. But this year's a little different, and I think everybody can agree with me when I say that. Yesterday I got very deep into that grief of understanding that this isn't the same. We're not going to church services. We're not. If you are going to a church service, though, um, don't. For the health and safety of everyone else involved, do not. There have been so many cases coming out recently of people who have continued going to church, who have continued business like normal, and people keep getting sick exponentially in those groups. And people are dying because people... Don't believe science. Do not go to church on Sunday. I know it's upsetting. I know it feels like you are losing the one bit of grounding that we have. I get it. But for your health and for the health of other people, now is not the time. All right. It sucks. But don't do it. So, anyway it's different this year and yesterday i i felt that very strongly in the world this grief of what's going on and i really just had to hold space for that for a while Um, so my plans went out the window for this episode but i want to do something it's a little bit different and i've never done before but i want to guide us in a practice with the scriptures. I was introduced to this this practice by a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. If you know it, it's wonderful. If you don't, it is basically a humanist minister and a seminary student, or not seminary, a divinity student, who read through Harry Potter like it's a sacred text, like there is something that we can learn about being holy and being human through the series. Yeah, the hosts do really well. They're really wonderful. Um, and they introduced me to this practice. It's actually a Catholic practice, but this is Ignatian Contemplation. It has a lot of different words, but it was started by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Part of his spiritual exercises that he created for believers and for followers to deepen their relationship with christ and so this is this is a form of prayer the idea is that as we read a passage or as we listen to a passage being read we plant ourselves in that image and we plant ourselves in that scene um so what i want to do is i'm going to lay out how to engage in this prayer form and then i want to read our holy week passages um I know most pastors, when they preach Easter celebration services, they'll preach through Luke, um, which is great. But I actually want to read through Mark. There's something a little different about it. There's something a little different in each of them, in each of the four Gospels, but I, I find certain parts of Mark's telling to be very poignant for this time. So we'll be reading through Mark 14 through 16, and we'll be ending on verse 13. If you want to read along with, we are reading out of the English Standard Version. Ignatian Contemplation. The way that we engage in this is... First, we select a passage from one of the Gospels, in which Jesus is interacting with others. And then we recall what one is doing and engaging with the Word of God, and what one desires from this encounter. God is present, and because God is present, one relies on God. Read the Gospel passage twice, so that the story and the details of the story become familiar. Because this is such a big passage, I kind of want to do this more like a guided meditation more than we read a passage and then just sit with the passage normally you would pick like a much smaller passage and then read that and then really engage with that text specifically but we're going to be going over the whole um story all right and then while we are doing this we close one's eyes and reconstruct the scene in one's imagination see what is going on and watch the men and women in this scene what does jesus look like how do the others react to him What are people saying to one another? What emotions fill their words? Is Jesus touching someone? As one enters into the scene, sometimes there is a desire to be there. So a person can place oneself in the scene, perhaps as an observer, as one lining up for healing, or as one helping others to Jesus. Some people's imaginations are very active, so they construct a movie-like scenario with a gospel passage. The others will enter the scene with verbal imagination, Reflecting on the scene and mulling over the actions. Vividness is not a criteria for the effectiveness of this kind of prayer. Engagement is, and the result is, a more interior knowledge of Jesus. As one finishes this time of prayer, one should take a moment to speak person to person with Christ, saying what comes from the heart. We are going to take a page out of my Quakerly book, and we're going to take a few moments to settle in and center down and really take this time to just sit and be and invite the Holy Spirit to help guide you in this practice. We call it centering down in Quakerism um, or returning to center and really this idea of bringing yourself into your own spiritual space. I kind of like to envision that as bringing my my aura, my soul back into my body and really grounding into that So find a seat that's comfortable, find find a position that's going to be easy to sit in for a little bit, Uh, grab some water, and I might suggest doing this with headphones just to be able to really immerse yourself into the experience better. Alright, so I'm going to take a few moments to center down. And really come back into our alignment with God and the divine. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was that ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you have always had the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial, and truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them, and when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. and he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready there prepare for us and the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them and they prepared the Passover and when it was evening he came with the twelve and as they were reclining at the table and eating Jesus said truly I say to you one of you will betray me one who is eating with me they began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. They laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him, with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face and to strike him, saying, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, She looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out to the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him, and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself, and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. And as soon as it was morning... The chief priests had a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answers to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked, and among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want for me to release to you the king of the Jews? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in a purple cloak, twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani," which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders heard it said, behold, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph, and Siloam. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, And Joseph bought a linen shroud and, taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he, happened, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept, but when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, He appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country, and they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. I hope this has given you all some hope, I hope that this has really given you guys some space and some time to re-engage with this easter story and find a way to apply not only our emotions of today to this passage, but also to understand that this is not new, this fear, this pain, this anger even, it's not unheard of. I pray that you all have a safe and healthy weekend. I pray that you find peace in moments, and I pray that God does do miracles this weekend. I do. I think he could if he wanted to. But I pray that through it all, we remember there is still light in the darkness. We just have to find it. Mustn't be.